let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. I was preaching down in the city of Proctor, little town of Proctorville, Ohio. Proctorville is located just on the banks of the Ohio River, just across the river from the city of Huntington, West Virginia. I stayed about 20 or 25 minute drive from the church. The motel was located across the street from the Ohio River. And as the river did wind its way, even so the road did likewise. And as we would drive to the services, we would drive about 20 minutes alongside the Ohio River. Rivers do something for me. I think I could be a John Maysfield if I, not, not in writing, but I think I could feel the pulse of Maysfield if I spent more time on the sea. I think I could maybe feel the heartbeat of a Sidney Lanier who loved to write about rivers if I spent more time beside a river. But a river ne never meant as much to me as it did this week. For Friday afternoon, my telephone rang, and my secretary said, on Monday afternoon, said, Pastor, Mr. Foreman passed away today. Our blind member for many years, one of the sweetest, dearest men I ever knew. And that night, as we drove to the service and the next day, I watched the river. I took a walk Tuesday afternoon, went down beside the river and chatted with it for a while. I said, Old Ohio, there is constant going, never slowing, ever flowing and life bestowing in thy tide. Old Ohio, there are farmers hoeing, oxen lowing, sowers sowing, and fruit is growing by thy side. Old Ohio, through the winter snowing, stormy flowing, debris throwing and overflowing, you still abide. Old Ohio, you're to and froing, always showing, evening glowing, to boatman rowing at eventide. Old Ohio, you're always living a life of giving with no misgiving, deep and wide. And I learned some lessons I'd like to share with you, and I understand now why our Lord chose a river to call a spirit-filled Christian. He said uh, when the Holy Spirit comes into a person, he becomes like rivers of living water. And I was captured this week by the Ohio River, and I looked at it, and I thought and rethought and walked beside its bank as I thought about the, the life and the death of our blind brother Foreman and the loneliness that his wife must feel. His son was overseas. I didn't, when his father was buried, they hadn't even been able to contact him and let him know that his dad was dead. Only Mrs. Foreman and 
Mr. Foreman had lived together. I looked at the old Ohio River and I said, River, I think you found the secret. And I think that I know now why Jesus said that the Holy Spirit should be like rivers of water flowing from our bellies. I thought of several things. I'd like to just share them with you today. For in these things found in this river, you'll find the great secrets to life. Number one, a river lives a receiving life. I watched the river, and it seems like it took hands like this and took water and sent it on down the way. And the same water was never there. Actually, the river is on the river for a while. The banks are really the river. And the hollow place is really the river. The gorge, if you please. The water comes and the water goes. And I said, Old Ohio, you found the secret in the fact that you're always receiving. Now, what do you mean by that? As this. Winter snow and the fresh rains feed the river. It is fed from heaven. It's never the same river. Always receiving from heaven and giving to earth. Always taking from upward and running and giving downward. And I said, old river, I want to do the same thing. I need so much. I have to give out so much. Preach on Sunday morning. Usually teach my class on Sunday morning, then preach, and then Sunday evening my class, and then preach on Sunday evening, and then take off somewhere on Monday and preach on Monday night, every Monday night of the world, and then Tuesday morning, and so usually several times on Tuesday and Tuesday night, and then come back to speak at the high school or the college on Wednesday, and then back to the service on Wednesday night, and then many places where I preach, and I said, I give, and I give, and I give, and I said, Old River, I like you, if I'm going to be a blessing and give out so much, I must receive. I thought about you. I thought about Mrs. Foreman. I knew she'd be here this morning. She needs to hear from God today. I thought about others of you. I thought about those of you that have empty cribs at home. And you'd be in church this morning, and you're, you're my people, and I'm your preacher, and I'm the only preacher you have. And by the way, don't you get any thoughts about another one either. But I, I, I'm the only preacher. I ain't much, but I'm all you've got. And, uh, and you're my people. And I thought Tuesday, while I was standing there saying, Oh, God, give me the fresh snow from heaven. Give me the fresh water. As David said, uh, fresh oil, fresh oil. I said, Oh, God, keep me fresh with the dew from heaven and the snow from heaven and receiving from heaven. For my people, I thought about you men in the steel mills. At that time, many of you working in the blast furnaces under undesirable conditions. I thought about you women at home cooking and keeping the house and washing and ironing. And many of you on jobs also and have to come home after a busy day. I thought about many of you. I thought about one of our ladies who this week went to surgery. And, uh, and she had a lump in her breast. And... And they removed it, and they found it was malignant. And I remember how that last Sunday night, outside this door, 
the husband of that lady gave me some money, and he said, give it to that college student who didn't have anything to eat, and the college couple with a little baby who were hungry, and how that good man met me here and gave me a, a and he works hard for his money, and he, he does, he's not, not a wealthy man. He gave me an envelope, and I gave it to the student on Sunday morning. After the service, I thought about that, and I thought about the anxieties of that dear lady with the cancer in her breast and her husband burdened and heart sick and her children, some of the finest folks we have here in the First Baptist Church of Hammond. And I said, oh my God, may I, as the old Ohio River, give my people, I want to go to heaven and take it, and then I want to come to my people and give it. Oh, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, there's no way in this world that we can be what God wants us to be or have the life God wants us to have unless we're constantly on our faces before God saying, Oh, God, give me, give me, give me. I don't mean give me things. I don't mean give me money. I mean give me the freshness of the heavenly dew and the snow and the showers from heaven so that I may give to those who have need of my gifts. I was thinking this morning before I came in, how many years, these 16 years now, I've come before many of you, and how Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and at teachers' meeting and on the radio every day, how many of you folks have heard me speak ten or twelve times every week, and oh, I said, dear God, I'm the same man. I have the same, I started to the same hair, uh, at least what I have I had and I came here sixteen years ago, and uh, and uh, but uh, I have the same body, and I have the same brain, I have the same mind, I have the same hands, I have the same feet. You're going to have to keep me fresh for my people all the time. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's a heart-sick, hungry world out yonder uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, Jim Robinson, the Chicago Tribune reporter, who's a very delightful man, and a Christian man, by the way, he and I were talking, and he said, <clears throat> he said, some folks say that you bribe the kids to come to Sunday school by giving them bubble gum and so forth. No, we don't bribe them by giving them bubble gum. We bribe them with water pistols and other things, horseback and so forth. And uh, he said, uh, is that true? I said, well, it may be true that the Chicago White Sox bribe folks by giving helmets on helmet day and bats on bat day. Or does the Chicago Tribune bribe people at Christmas time by giving out that little stuffed animal? What's that stuffed animal? What's his name? Cuddly Dudley? Yeah. You don't know much Bible, but you sure know the stuffed animals. And uh, so... Uh, Does the Tribune bribe folks by giving out cuddly dudley on Christmas? I said, if you just knew, if the people just knew, a lot of the little boys and girls that come on these buses would never have a sandwich if we didn't give them one. A lot of these poor little boys and girls. I think of a little girl right now whose father is a drunkard and the mother's a prostitute and she comes to Sunday school here and nobody to love her and nobody to care about her. Well, of course we'll give a balloon to a pretty little girl like that and love her and ask God to give her what she needs. Oh, in this great metropolitan Chicago area, teeming with its millions and, and its broken hearts and broken lives and broken dreams and broken air castles and broken bodies, there ought to be some great church of God that goes to heaven and says, Oh God, give us fresh water for today and bring it to our people and go out and spread that water even as the old Ohio River did. I looked at the river and I said, Old Ohio, as you keep on flowing, 
I think of my people that need me to give them what they need on the Lord's day. But I thought of something else. I thought that you found the secret, old Ohio, not only in the fact that you receive from heaven, but the fact that you give to earth. Always receiving from upward and always giving downward. It did not receive the water just to keep it. It's carrying the water down to refresh the crops and, and to bring forth the harvest and help bring forth the fruit and to give refreshing to people who are by, by its side. And I said, Old Ohio, you found the secret. The secret not only is receiving, receiving but the secret is in a giving life. Always giving out, always emptying itself, stagnating if it keeps, but never stagnating because it never keeps. Receiving and giving over and over and over again. I was thinking this morning, did you ever notice the word miserable and the word miserly? Sort of alike. Do you ever notice that? I mean, miserable, miser, miser, able, miserable. What am I saying? I'm saying the most wretched fool in this building this morning, the most miserable wretch in this room this morning, is that person who receives and receives and receives and receives and never learns the joy of giving out. You've heard me say this, or you've seen me do this, and if you'll listen carefully, I'll show you like I do at least once a year the secret of the Christian life. Watch carefully. Everybody watching, I'll not say a word, but you won't ever hear a sermon that will do you more good than the one you'll see in the next 60 seconds if you'll watch me. I'm going to show you the secret of the Christian life, and I'm going to show you why many of you have... Uh, have nervous breakdowns and many of you have this, uh, 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 nervous trouble and why many of you are about to crack up. I'm going to show you the great secret of the Christian life, two secrets of the Christian life. You watch me and I'll show you. Here they are. And that's it. That's it. That's it. You fellows have to do without till next Sunday. <coughs> but that's it. Here's your trouble. You skin flint, you tight wad. No wonder you're so wretched. No wonder you've got nervous trouble. No wonder you're about to crack up. Oh, if you'd ever learned one lesson, it changed your whole life. Receive from God and give to man. That's a great secret of the Christian life. What a fool you are to build bigger barns and Stack them higher and higher and higher and higher. I could tell you this morning of the happiest, the happiest people I know in this world in this room today. Happiest people I know in this world. I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm thinking now of a little lady who's paying five young people's tuition through Hammond Baptist grade school and high school. She doesn't have much money. She's not married. She works hard for every dime she gets. What does she do? She takes it from God. She gives it to five poor little bus kids. I'm thinking of that little lady in our church who's a widow, up in years, has no salary whatsoever, just gets a few dollars pension from a husband that's been gone to heaven now for a while. Every month of this world, she comes to my office and she leaves a little envelope about that size. And in the envelope there, I think it's always, I think, $52, if I'm not mistaken, on the outside of it, she says, for some needy Hiles Anderson college student. I've seen that lady wear the same dress to church all these many months. 
I've seen her walk when she couldn't afford to ride. I've seen her do without. And I've seen her give and give till there's no more to give. She has the sweetest smile on her face of anybody I know. I know people that never give and never share and never, never, never sacrifice. We're miserable and wretched and complaining and fussing. Why? You've not learned the lesson the old Ohio River wants to give you. The great secret to life is taking the refreshing snowfall that melts into water and taking it and sending it on down till you empty yourself. I mean empty yourself. I mean empty yourself. I mean forget yourself. I mean don't think about yourself. I mean give it all, all of it. All of it, all of it, all of it. And pour yourself out in service for somebody else and for others. In God's dear name, let's learn the secret. And so I looked at the old Ohio, and I said, and this is the truth, I've tried to give. Somebody said, you bought your new suit? No, I didn't buy a new suit. Some dear brother sent it to me in the mail, <laughs> as always. I bought two suits this week for somebody else. And uh, I got in a pocket somewhere here. Maybe it's on my desk. I got my pocket this morning. <laughs> I won't tell you who, but a very, very important person, very, very, very important person sent me. A, it's in an envelope, one of our members this morning. He said, tell Hiles i got to live in the same town with him, and I want him to look pretty while he's walking down the streets of my town. And he, he gave me money for another new suit. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. I haven't bought a stitch of clothing for my back in 16 years. I know what I'm talking about. I know! I know! It's true! Give and it shall be given unto you. God does honor the life that shares, shares and the life that's unselfish. But there's something else I learned. I watched the Ohio rivers. I spoke to it for a while and as I heard its on-rushing waters and I saw the trees and the refreshing growth beside it. And as I saw it, as it continued, its emptying process of taking from this way and giving to this way. And as I went back to Mr. Foreman and remember the last time I was in the hospital and on Christmas Day, I went to the hospital to see him Christmas Day and he's been blind now ever since World War II and never seen his own son. His son wife was expecting the boy when he went to the service, was blinded and never has seen his son, who's now a grown man and a music teacher in a university, but never seen him. The last time I was to see him on Christmas Day, went over the other side of Chicago and went to the hospital. And, and when I started to leave, he couldn't speak because he had emphysema. He could not even whisper. And he wrote with his finger on his hand to his wife, said, this is the best Christmas present I ever had. I thought about him. I thought about her. I thought about that, the people in our church who are having burdens and heartaches, that dear couple in our church, a young couple in their 20s, a beautiful little baby. It got sick and took it to the hospital, had spinal meningitis just a few days ago, and now the little baby uh, had high fever, and it, the meningitis has left him blind and retarded. And a couple of young people trying to rear that little baby. And I thought about them. And I thought about the burdens. And I said, Oh, River, you taught me something else, too. Not only to receive from heaven and give to earth, but you taught me something else. You taught me that obstruction always makes the river deeper and wider. You can't stop water in a river. Oh, no. 
No, it'll find its way. It'll find its way. If there's an obstruction, it'll just widen its banks and deepen its biggest depth, uh, deeper, deepen its depth, and keep on going. And you show me a child of God that's had the obstructions in his way and had the tears to fall and face the wall again and again and again. And I'll show you a child of God who knows what it is to go deep and wide in the things of God. Why, how many of us can say our lives were made deeper and wider by the penalties? I think about John, the penalties, as they said goodbye to little Danny when he was four years of age with the leukemia. I mean, uh, leukemia, and who will ever forget the depth of our church as we went deeper and wider as we saw the penniless stand up under the sorrow, and who could have who could have helped but have gotten deeper and wider last Thursday afternoon at this, at this altar when Mrs. Foreman came by and touched the face of her husband, and he told her before he died, he said, I've been blind for all these years. He said, when I'm dead, he said, take my glasses and throw them as far as you can throw them. Hallelujah. And uh, he's seeing today, but who can help but become deeper and wider in the love of God and the grace of God as we see the people who face obstruction and face the turmoil and the heartache and the sorrow. I used to flinch at it. When my father died, I shrunk back and flinched at it. And when I had trouble, one time I thought my ministry was all over. I, I didn't want it then. And when I had a tornado hit our building in Texas, I didn't want it then. As the fire came and destroyed this building, two of our buildings here on this property in 1964, I didn't want it then. And when we had the battle, when I first came here, and it looked like I was just going to go under, and I got a problem with my health that I live with the rest of my life because of it, I didn't want it then. But as I look back at my life and see the deep valleys, they're not valleys at all, they're mountain peaks. And as I look back over my life, I have to say, thank God for the obstacles. Thank God for the hurdles. Thank God for the barriers. Why? For the barrier, the obstacle that made it deeper and wider and life richer and fuller. I looked at the old river. And I said, River, you've taught me something. You've found the secret most, most people never find. The secret of receiving from heaven and giving to earth. The secret of not being stopped by obstacles, but when the obstacle appears, just go wider and go deeper and keep on flowing. There's a third thing. I noticed around that river, the grass was very green. Jesus called the Spirit to a Christian a river. What does that mean? That means uh, everywhere a river is, there's fruit. Green in a garden. Take that great Sahara Desert over in Egypt and fly over it as I've done and look down on the, on the, the Nile River. And you know what you can see? You can see a garden on either side of the Nile River. It's stripped just so far. And after that garden is gone where there's no Nile River, it's just barren desert for hundreds of miles and hundreds of miles. Why? Because the river brings forth fruit. <clears throat> and I said, Ohio River, I want to bring forth fruit like you do. I'm so glad for our fruit-bearing people here. We've had some of the most wonderful experiences this last week or two. Brother Vineyard came this morning and said, he said, I, I, yesterday I won to Christ, one of the biggest dope pushers in all of Chicago. He's supposed to be here this morning. <clears throat> and uh, Mr. Deffer 
One, the manager of the cemetery out here to Christ, and, and Luann Ayer told me one of the sweetest stories of the night. She was out, you was you, was Luann, out soul winning. And uh, she went to a house, and I hope I tell this right. She went to a house, and a man said, I'm an atheist, I'm not interested in that stuff, but I like women, so come on in. <coughs> Even atheists like women, by the way, so do <laughs> Christians like women, do you know? And uh, his wife was there. And <coughs> so she came on in. And uh, she started telling his wife about the Savior. wasn't long this atheist began to listen. And and wasn't long he began to weep. And it wasn't long till Luann led him to Jesus Christ. <laughs> I won't tell you all he said, but he said the reason he didn't listen to the rest of those soul winners, they were men, and he sort of liked the women better. And uh, so she went to Christ. When he got saved, he has a heart condition. When he got saved... He said, and there's one person I'd love to hear this this morning. He said, my doctor's going to be glad to hear this. My heart doctor. She said, your heart doctor. Yes, he said, I have a heart trouble. And said, my heart doctor, uh, heart specialist, he'll be glad to hear this. She said, who is your doctor? (laughs) He said, well, he's been trying to get me saved now for quite a while. And she said, who is he? And he said, Dr. Giracles. Why, he's one of our good men here at the church. And, and, uh, and I rejoiced. Praise the Lord, the old doctor still witnessing to his patients. Before he has open heart surgery, he gives them the real heart surgery first. And then, but, but, but she said, that's wonderful. He said, that isn't all. He said, that fellow who works at the, uh, out at my plant in the security department for ten years has bothered me and warned me, tried to get me saved. I bet he'll be glad to hear this. She said, who's that? He said, a fellow named Louis Show. Louis show for ten years. Louis has been witnessing to him, and then he had heart trouble. And he had you bump into our folks everywhere you go, <clears throat> and uh, and then he had heart trouble and went to a doctor and the surgeon witnessed to him, and then a soul winner came by. Oh, thank God for the fruitful for the fruitfulness of this place. There's a river flowing through this place, folks. There's a river flowing through this place. There's a river in this church that flows up and down these aisles and halls, and, and there's a river that's bringing forth fruit week after week. Thanks be to God. Old Ohio, you've taught me something. As I've thought of my people for a while, as I've relived the suffering of many of my people, as I've felt the burdens of my people for a while, you've taught me that I need to always be looking up to receive refreshing from above. You've taught me that I always need to be giving out and emptying myself, even as do you. You've taught me that I need to be fruitful. You've taught me that I need to not let obstructions stop me, but I need to be, need to be getting wider and deeper because of the obstructions. And then I thought, you've also taught me nothing can stop you. They throw garbage, but you just keep on going. They, they hurl branches and sticks, but you just keep on going. There may be an old tree that's been thrown in you, but you just keep on going. Nothing will stop you. And I said, old river, I hope nothing will ever stop me. Nothing will stop you until the day comes when rivers are no more. Nothing will stop you till the day comes when there will be that great river of life flowing down through the holy city. And nothing, I hope, will stop me until I see Jesus face to face.
And I thought this. Either that river stays in its channel and causes blessing or overflows its banks and causes tragedy. Did you hear me? And that's the way your life is. And that's the way my life is. Either I keep receiving and keep giving, but if I, if I cease to give and the water comes and comes and comes and I don't give, it overflows and become that which was the greatest blessing of all can become the greatest destructive force, I guess, known to man. Have you learned the secret? Have you learned the secret? God loves you today. I don't know what your burden is. I know you have one. You don't know mine, but you know I have one. Behind every door, there's a broken heart. Someone this morning in this room, you don't know how you're going to make, make the bills. I know of people in this room this morning, I know of a half a dozen, whose rent is past due and they can't pay it. I know of a man in this room this morning who's been, his, his health is gone. He's a young man and a strong, always been a strong man, and his work is gone. He doesn't know how he's going to support his family, and his pride's hurt, and he doesn't have the money coming in. He doesn't know how to face it. I don't know what your burden is. And I know this is a sin-sick, heart-sick old world. But I'll say this in closing, as I've said so often. There's still a God in heaven, and he still loves his own. And every promise in this book is as true in 1975 as it was the day it was penned. God knows you. He knows your name. He knows your house number. He knows your phone number. He knows your burdens. He knows your problems. He knows your heartaches. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way and all that I need for tomorrow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. And all I have to do is follow. Listen to me and I'll close. I've thought about you an awful lot this week. The Vietnam crisis. And I'll speak on it tonight. Don't miss the service tonight. The Vietnam crisis. You know, I've cried and I've cried and I've cried. I don't like to lose. I don't like for my nation to lose. This was the hardest weeks in my life. For some reason or other, I think you need me. And I wanted to get to you so fast so I could calm you a little bit. I got home Wednesday night. It's midnight. I was so tired and weary. I'd had appointments after the service till almost midnight. And Linda and Cindy were up. They came to the den and said, Dad, can we talk to you for a while? I said, what is it? They said, Dad, what does it mean? Vietnam? Are they going to come over here? Are they going to come to America and kill all of us? And I sat for about 30 minutes, tried to calm them. Oh, hallelujah for Jesus. Amen. Thank God 
Thank God. Death comes, that'll be gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Persecution comes, rejoice in persecution, O people of God. Brother, there's some things they can't take away from us. I don't care what it is. They can't take away that which beats in my breast, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm just not going to fret about it. I'm going to cry because my nation has bowed its, dipped its flag in defeat. But I'm going to shout, Hallelujah! The family of God shall never know defeat and never taste defeat. For we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Let us pray together, please. Thank you for listening. And if you like this, please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.